Hello everyone, JP here. I hope this note finds you well. Summer is here and we will be taking a break. I will be focusing my time on researching and writing the book all about the last 8%. Um, We don't know the title. Roughly though, it will be looking at what does it mean to grow the skills to be better in the last 8%, to use those opportunities to transform ourselves, also transform our teams. What does it mean to build a last 8% culture? What does that mean exactly? In the meantime, we have chosen some favorite episodes from past seasons for your listening enjoyment. And because we want you to keep moving and listening. Why? Well, we know that mood follows movement. And so we have over 145 different episodes. Go back, listen to various ones, listen to them again. It's great for the repetition because there's a lot of good content there, but more so it's about building these habits. Uh, If you're interested in finding out what your predictable default behavior is, that is, what do you do? What's your pattern when you face a last 8%? Go to the show notes. You can take our quiz. Um, But most of all, you know, feel free to join our Facebook group and share everything with other folks. But most of all, have a wonderful summer and we will see you back real soon. Thanks so much. Welcome to the last 8% morning. This is JP Palu Fry. It is so great to be with you today. You want to build great relationships at work because you know how important it is. But you face conflict. Everyone does, especially when we're under pressure and it can get in the way of the health of these important relationships. It can also get in the way of innovation and culture. So what to do? In today's podcast, we talk about how we can handle conflict more effectively. I give you a little hack that is really helpful. It's helped me so that we can build better relationships. We can build great culture. We can be more innovative. Excited to be here? I certainly am. Let's walk. out walking, enjoying this gorgeous day, moving as we are able. Feeling our feet on the ground. Feeling our hands and arms swing as we move. And standing tall, looking around and feeling grateful.
It is so great to be with you today. I hope you are walking. That is an important part of this method, right? We want to move during the day because we get a whole bunch of neurological, neurochemical benefits. We want to practice mindfulness, which is what we're doing now. We want to learn as fast as the world is changing so we will have our idea of the day. And we want to finish with gratitude and goals. Why? Well, just feel your body as we're moving. Why do we do this? Because we want to help you build the courage to take more risks in your last 8% situations. Those tough conversations, difficult decisions, those opportunities to meaningfully connect that we sometimes avoid because emotions get in the way. And so the more we can build these habits, the more we can neuroarchitect our brain. So we have the courage to be exceptional. So start by just taking a few deep breaths as a way to settle into the awareness of the body. You can feel it at your belly rising and falling or at your nose where you feel it most acutely. And let the breath come into its own natural rhythm. As you know, this is not a breathing exercise, not a way to calm the mind. Calming the mind might be an outcome. That's not the point. But we're using this practice as a vehicle for being more aware. So we can understand human behavior. I want to challenge you to become a student of human behavior. So as you're walking, you might notice sounds, my voice, background sounds. And when you do, simply note hearing, hearing. Notice how the sound comes and goes. And then return to the breath. You might begin to feel other sensations in the body, especially as I mention them. I mention your hands or your feet. And so just tune into whatever's present. Tightness, tingling, vibration, heat, cold, pressure. And if any of these physical sensations become predominant, simply be aware of the sensation without trying to change it. And then notice how it changes as you bring attention to it. And when it is no longer predominant, return to the belly, rising and falling. Of course, as you know, we can be aware of thoughts or images that appear in the mind that might take our mind away with it. We can get temp- temporarily lost in thought. And at a certain point, you become aware that you are thinking. And then you just note, thinking, thinking. And the key is see if you can highlight the awareness of thought as opposed to getting lost in the thought or the story. Then notice what happens to the thought at the moment of awareness when you notice. 
Does it continue? Does it disappear? We are just trying to see the changing nature of all of these phenomena, that things arise and pass away all on their own. And when we can see this with our experience, not someone telling us, but with our experience, then the mind no longer clings to what is present because we know it's going to come and pass away. And that helps us in this moment of practice, but also the rest of the day because we will have those moments that are challenging. So can we not cling, not attach to those challenging moments, be present for them, but not let the residue of those more difficult moments stay with us for the rest of the day. And this new way of seeing helps us become less attached so we can let go of a past moment and be fully present in the next moment. So just feeling our feet on the ground, feeling our knees, feeling our hands, just being present. Part of the reason we practice is to let go of all of our thinking and planning. We can be so cognitive in nature. And what I'm asking you to do is for our 20 minutes a day, be in your body, be in your breath, learn, practice gratitude and goal setting. This is how we start to build the habits of high performance. It is so great to be with you today. So let's go to our idea of the day. You want to build great relationships at work. You know how important it is to your success and quite frankly, your enjoyment of life. But you face challenging situations such as having to deal with a difficult person at work. Or you might have a good relationship with someone on your team, but you've hit some turbulence. There's some conflict. Could be as you discuss differences of opinion around prioritization or a discrete project or how to deal with somebody on the team. It doesn't matter. We all face this. And there's a lot at stake if we cannot manage this conflict, this turbulence. And I'll mention two, really. One is around innovation, right? If we can't manage conflict, it can get in the way of good ideas seeing the light of day. Margaret Heffernan, who is quite a great writer on leadership said for good ideas and true innovation you need human interaction conflict argument debate so if we cannot dig into conflict or if we avoid it then good ideas do not become great ideas we keep doing what we've always done things don't improve so there's a real effect on innovation That's number one. Number two, if we cannot manage conflict, there's a lot at stake when it comes to people and culture. We will lose good people. 
You know, people don't leave, leave organizations. They leave their managers. And if a manager cannot manage the inevitable conflict that arises in a relationship and cannot help that person feel heard, feel included, feel autonomous, feel safe, and discuss these challenging issues effectively, then eventually that person will leave. We know that from the research. And by the way, this is how culture gets built. Not by putting up values on the walls, not by command and control by the senior leaders, not by the artifacts of culture, you know, the obvious elements. You can think of it like what an outsider might see, furniture, office layout, dress norms, inside jokes, foosball tables. That's not how you build culture. You build culture by the norms you set when you go through difficult situations. It's because of something called the cortisol effect. Cortisol is a stress hormone. When there's more cortisol in our brain, one of the effects is that it sears in memory of whatever's going on in a more powerful way. And so what a leader does or a manager does when things are difficult is what people remember. And that's what drives not only their reputation, but what sets the norms of the organization in the minds of others. This is what creates culture. This is when people see their managers at their most raw, their most authentic. And it is this that they model more than the values on the walls or what the culture is claimed to be. So when you face conflict, ask yourself, how am I dealing with it? What norm am I setting for the organization? How is this contributing to the culture that we want in the organization? Esther Harding said, conflict is the beginning of consciousness. Conflict is the beginning of consciousness. So what to do? Well, there are many things to help us manage conflict with another person effectively. And, you know, in this podcast, we will name and describe different things. But for today... What I want us to focus on is communication. You know that famous line from, I think it's the movie Cool Hand Luke. What we have here is a failure to communicate. So what does that mean? Well, when it comes to conflict, we humans are not very effective at understanding the other people we are in communication with, especially when we're under pressure. Right? When we're in a last 8% situation, when there is more on the line, the amygdala, that emotional part of our brain, is listening for threat. And it can get triggered and it can overwhelm our cognitive brain and that can cause us to misjudge the intention of the other person we are talking to. So when we're in a last 8% situation, The emotional part of our brain, our amygdala, can hijack the cognitive part of our brain, and all of a sudden, we're not able to hear as well. We're not, and we misjudge, we misinterpret. And remember, there are at least three things going on as we're trying to understand another person there's what they say, number one, number two, what they mean, and number three, what we hear. Let me say that again. 
There's what people say, what they mean, and then what we hear. And when we're in a last 8% moment, when we're under pressure, it can cause us to seriously misjudge what is being said or what is being meant, causing us to mishear. And a big thing is we can misinterpret the situation and take things personally. I do it, you do it, we all do it. Listen, here's the little hack that can be so helpful. Remember this, people do not do things to us. They do things for their own reasons. But if we're not managing our brain, we can get caught in the crossfire and all of a sudden misinterpret their intention. Stand tall, look around, feel grateful. So what would be driving this thing that they are doing to us that we happen to get caught in the crossfire on? A big reason can be that they have an emotional need that is not being met. Such as, not feeling safe, not feeling respected, not feeling included or valued, or perceiving they don't have autonomy, the ability to make their own choices. So when there is a conflict you're dealing with, as opposed to taking the issue personally, which we all do, and we do that because our brain's trying to protect us, try to speculate on what emotional need might not be getting met for that person. Are they not feeling safe for whatever reason? Are they not feeling respected for whatever reason? Are they not feeling included or valued or having autonomy? This can go a long way to helping us better deal with the inevitable conflict that will happen in any organization when we're trying to do great things. When we have a difference of opinion when we're trying to innovate and we need conflict to create better ideas. And the good news is that as we become more skilled in conflict, when we can enter into the la- that last 8% zone where things are a little harder, the good news is, is that this is where relationships grow and transform. When there is tension in a relationship and you choose to have the tough conversation, we have found that this conversation more times than not leads to a breakthrough in that relationship as opposed to a breakdown and a deeper intimacy because you learned something about the other person or yourself and you got more clarity on their intention and they got more clarity on your intention. This is how you build the great relationships that keeps good people from choosing to leave to go to a new organization. This is also how you build the kind of relationships that can withstand the kind of challenging conversations that are required to bring that new innovation to your clients or to how you do things. And of course, all of this, these moments of conflict are what build culture in an organization, an intentional culture. So let's go to our three by three. 
three mindful breaths right down into the toes, calming this body. Fantastic. Now let's go to gratitude. And you know how we practice gratitude in this podcast. Think of somebody who has gratitude for you. This is the receiving gratitude approach or protocol, which has been found to be more powerful than just thinking of gratitude. Both are good, but this one's more powerful. So think of three things. One is a person who you know who is struggling with a situation, number one. Number two, you did something that really made a difference for them. And number three, they felt some real strong emotions, positive emotions, emotions of gratitude. And so now, can you receive that? That gratitude. Fantastic. If you're getting something out of this podcast, please share it. If you have someone who's dealing with conflict, please share it with them. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Join our Facebook group where we have lots of neat things going on there. More value there. Take our quiz to find out what do you do in last 8% situations. Find out your personality type. You can find that in the show notes. But most of all, bring this energy and this focus and momentum into the day. And let me finish with a Stephen Moyer quote. He said, conflict is drama. And how people deal with conflict shows you the kind of people they are. Conflict is drama. And how people deal with conflict shows you the kind of people they are. Have a wonderful day.